Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are glad that you're here, glad that you are joining us today. All right, so today we've got a very unique episode that is the first part of a multi-part series. So let me explain kind of the, the background of this. I know that for many of you, you listen to the show, maybe you've listened to one episode or hundreds of episodes. Either way, we're glad they're here, glad you're hanging out with us. And maybe you're going, okay, I'm interested in maybe working with Grant and the team at the Speaker Lab, but... I just don't know, do the programs, do the things that they offer, do their courses, do their trainings, would they work for me, right? Totally get that, totally understand that. And so I've always thought it'd be interesting. What if we did an experiment where we did kind of a live experiment where we brought someone on and we helped walk them through and coach them how to find their first paid speaking gig and just recorded the process. And so I've been kicking this idea around for a little bit and then had someone on our team reach out and said, hey, I got an idea. It's basically the same idea. And he said, hey, I'm interested in being the guinea pig. And so we actually decided, okay, let's give this a shot. And so we are bringing uh, one of our own team members, Brian Elaine. He's been working with us for over a year now. And he said, you know what? I see all these results. And you're going to hear this directly from him. I see all these results and I just want to know, does this actually work for me? All right. He is skeptical. He's wondering, does this work from him? So what we decided to do is, all right, man, we're going we're gonna to walk through this process. He was asking me a bunch of questions of how he can apply what, uh, what we talk about here in the Speaker Lab. I said, here's what I want to do. I want to record everything. I do not want this to be set up for success in any way. I want to make sure this is as raw and real and authentic as possible. So we have not scripted anything. We have not recorded anything. You're going to hear a, the first of many conversations that we're going to have. And I'm going to, for the next several, uh, several weeks, months, just guide him through the process. And each of those conversations we're going to have, I am committed to recording those for you and letting you be a fly on the wall so that you can see, listen, what we teach actually works, but it does require effort. It does require you to take action. And so I'm going to be that, uh, that kick in the pants for uh, for Brian and hopefully that you can learn from from it as well and apply it to your own speaking business. So at the end, I'm going to give some homework for him. He's going to go apply that. Uh, we're going to record again in another week or so, and uh, we will release these as we as we record them. So really, really excited about this journey. Honestly, at the time that I'm saying these words right now, I have no clue how this is going to go. This could be a huge success or a huge failure. No idea. But I want to put what we teach to the to the test, and I also want you to uh, be a fly on the wall for the the process and the journey. All right, so uh, we kind of set it up here at the beginning of just talking through the process of what this is going to look like, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this. So uh, let's get into uh, to part one here with Brian Elaine. Enjoy. 
Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. All right, we are doing something very different today. This is an idea that we've been kicking around for a little while. And uh, we have a guinea pig who decided to give this a shot. So today we've got Brian Elaine who's hanging out with us and will be hanging out with us for the next several episodes where we are doing a bit of an experiment. And so to kind of set this up, I know people who listen to the show, people who follow what we do here at the Speaker Lab, oftentimes maybe you hear the different success stories, they hear the results that speakers get. And maybe in the back of your mind, you're wondering, but will this work for me? And Brian is that guy. I've known Brian for several years, but I have very limited knowledge on his speaking experience or his professional background, which has been intentional. And so I want to make sure that this is totally fresh. But here's the idea is for the next several weeks, we're going to work together and to go through some coaching with the goal of uh, helping him book a paid speaking gig. And so Brian, we're going to bring you in now. And let's just be honest, this whole thing, you're pretty skeptical about, right? Of whether or not this will work. Yeah, 100%. And and to give people a little bit of background, I've been doing a little bit of freelancing for you and your company and helping you with some of your marketing materials, some of your marketing writing over the past year. And so, you know, week after week, month after month, I'm hearing all these great things about your program and about booked and paid to speak and seeing all these success stories. And it started to plant that seed in me like, man, could this really work for me? And you know, every time you have a success story on the podcast, I get inspired by that. But then that question comes up again. Yeah, but could this work for me? And I feel like you never see the before, you only see the after. Right. And we get to hear the after, we get to hear them talk about, you know, this is where I was. But you never get it in real time. You never get somebody that says, look, I kind of want to do this. I think maybe I have potential in this but I don't know where to start. And I honestly, I'm not sure that your program is going to work for me. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Again, I'm really excited about because I think, again, that that skepticism is totally natural, understandable. Any program that I I would join with for someone else, I'm, I'm thinking the same thing of like, but will this work for me? This is awesome that this worked for all these other people, but what about for me? And so like one of the things you mentioned is, you know, you've been working with us for over a year and that may be part of it of just like, okay, I'm seeing this work for all these other people, but I'm still wondering and, and skeptical if this is gonna if this is gonna work for me. So like I mentioned, just for some context sake, you know, we've known each other, we've been friends for several years, but I've never seen you speak. I've never seen any video of you speak. I have no clue if you're actually a good speaker. I'm making some assumptions that you're you're at a spot where you're probably good enough, which is the case for a lot of speakers who are like, I've done a little bit. I know I'm not the world's greatest speaker, but there's enough raw talent there that like, okay, I can, I can, I can probably get a, a little bit better at this. So yeah, so I intentionally wanted to come into this cold. Like, like in fact, you and I, uh, we had talked a couple of weeks ago about this whole project and you uh, were starting to tell me a bunch of information. And I was like, la, 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 la. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. True. Cause like I, you've tried to give me information and I've tried to not have any information going into this. Would that be fair? I, that is true. Yeah. They're just, for all the listeners, like there is nothing fake or phony about this setup here. I don't secretly really know that the program's going to work. I am genuinely skeptical as for reasons that we'll talk about in a minute. And yeah, and you did not want to hear any of my background. I wanted to prep you. I wanted to give you a little bit of help so that you could come into this conversation pretending like you didn't know about me, but, but actually knowing and you were like, no, I want to go in cold. So I was like, all right, that's, let's do it. You seem like equal parts 
nervous and super excited about this whole thing. Like I know you've messaged me multiple times of, of just energy level and excitement about this. And uh, some of it is, I think like, again, just wondering if this is going to work, but also I think like, I think you're genuinely really interested in being a speaker and incorporating speaking into, you know, part of your world, at, you know, as you move forward in your life. I am, you know, I have, I've done some speaking before just a little bit here and there. And most of it was in the 2010 to 2012 range. So we're talking seven years or more. And every time I think about it, and I think about getting back into it, there's just so many options. I end up getting paralyzed by, I could do this, or I could do that. I could speak to them, or I could speak to this. I could talk about this or this, or I could talk about that. And eventually I get overwhelmed. And then I, and then the self-doubt starts to creep in like, well, really though, could you really do this? Could you really be successful? Yeah. And then it's this combination of not knowing where to start and the self-doubt. And then I just think, uh, let's, I'll just think about it tomorrow. And then it gets tabled. And then over and over again, day after day, week after week, month after month, um, you know, like a couple of days a month, it'll seem like the best idea and something I should do. And then three days later, I'm like, who are you to think that you could, you could do this again, totally. which is kind of a crazy lie. Because like I said, I have had a few paid speaking gigs in the past. And yet your brain likes to tell you that ah, th those were fake. Those were those weren't real. You can't really do it. So I think it's a combination of not knowing where to start. And the, the self doubt that kind of has me a little nervous. So why now? Meaning that you, you know, the speaking experience experience that you have sounds like it's, you know, several years ago. Mm -hmm. And so why at this point are you like, okay, now, now the timing's right to give this a shot? Well, I have a chemical engineering degree and I did that for about 15 years. Uh, but about 10 years into that, I realized, wow, I, I hate this. Like the more friends I talk to, like, hey, do you hate your job too? And be like, oh, no, not really. Like some of them liked them. Some of them had mild dislike, but like nobody really hated their job like I did. I had a long commute. And so this is around 2009, 2010. I started to think um, I need to get out of here. I need to find other ways to make income. And so I started self-publishing books and I had a blogger community that people would pay to be a part of. And I started trying to book some speaking gigs. Yeah. And that was actually probably the most successful of the three things at the time, even though it wasn't really a great success. And eventually, I came up with a few other ideas for income, followed those. It led me to actually this week is the seven year anniversary of when I quit the day job. And okay. I went went out as a freelance writer full time. And then it was just about staying afloat and making income and kind of I got led down other paths and never really pick up the speaking thing. And I think the other part of why now is because uh, back then my kids were uh, like 11 and 10, nine or something like that. Yeah. Uh, now I have a daughter who just graduated high school, a son who's a couple years away from graduating. And so it is definitely easier for me to get away uh, and not feel like I'm leaving, you know, a big burden on my wife here back at home with the kids. So I think season of life is one reason. Um, and also I miss it. I, I really like being on stage. I like sharing ideas. And so I think it's a combination of those things. So one of the things that you'd mentioned is that again, you've done, you've done some speaking in the past. Give us a nutshell, like the stuff that you had been speaking at in the past, who had you been speaking to? What had you been speaking about? You mentioned that you'd been paid for a few of those. What was kind of the, the range that you had been paid? So my blog was moderately Popular is not even the right word. I had like six to 10,000 unique visitors per month. So 
it was bigger than I ever thought it would be, not sure. really life-changing. And so through those connections, I was able to meet other writers. I was able to grow a small fan base of, of readers. And when I put it out there, hey, I want to start speaking, um, that led me to get the few gigs that I did get. So that included um, a few people said, hey, I, you know, I go to a church and, and sometimes I help book speakers. Would you come speak at my church on a Sunday morning? So I had a couple of those couple of them were pro bono. A couple of them I may have gotten paid like three to $500 for. Yeah. Um, I did a few youth camps. Hey, you know, I'm a youth pastor. Would you come speak for the weekend at my youth camp? Uh, I think I did two of those and then I got invited back for one more a second year. Those maybe a thousand dollars for the weekend plus covering expenses. I'm pretty sure I never got a check for more than a thousand dollars. Um, so that was maybe like three or four sessions. Uh, and then I got invited to the echo conference to do a breakout session on blogging. This is in 2011. That conference doesn't exist anymore. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, John Acuff mm -hmm. did a, something called the start conference. I think in 2011, he asked me to share for like 10 minutes on stage during that. Um, another mutual friend of ours, Jeff Goins had mm -hmm. a book launch party said, Hey, would you come host it? Would you come be the MC? Yeah. Uh, so I did that really enjoyed that. Uh, I don't think he paid me for that. I think he just picked, kind of paid my way and I was more than happy to do it. So, and then I actually, one of the things that I did, uh, in 2012, right before I left my day job, I hosted my own conference, um, put that on in Nashville. And then I did a follow up the year later, uh, once I was self-employed, did that one in Atlanta. I kind of keynoted those conferences, had a few hundred people show up, um, realized during that second one that there's so much logistics involved in putting on a conference that yeah. I, I don't like this. I'm not good at it. Um, but those kind of give you an idea of kind of the, and, and I'm pretty active at my local church uh, and I'm on stage one or two times a month, either, you know, helping to take the offering or doing announcements. I've hosted men's conferences and marriage conferences there. So those are kind of the experiences that I've had. Cool. Uh, so that helps. So, um, so just to kind of uh, recap here, one of the things that you touched on is uh, married with two kids. And so you've been doing kind of the freelance thing for, for several years, primarily as a, as a writer, correct? Yeah. I, my main clients over the past few years have been other authors and publishers, helping them with marketing, writing, helping them launch books and that sort of thing. Okay. So you've been doing a lot of writing. You have some speaking experience. You've done, uh, you know, a few paid things, which you mentioned was like thousand dollars or below and just, uh, mm -hmm. have that happen a couple of times. But you also mentioned like that those seven, eight years ago or so. And then the speaking that you've been doing lately is mostly like, you know, helping out with, uh, announcements or whatever at, at church from time to time. Is there any other speaking that you're doing that you've done recently? No, there really hasn't. I, I have a couple of podcasts that are kind of like passion projects, yeah, it's on a mic that's not on a stage. Five years ago, I thought I want to do some stand-up comedy, so I did an open mic at a comedy club, which was incredibly frightening. <laughs> uh, did a couple little gigs like at my church for conferences, and then actually hosted my own thirty-five minute comedy show. Had like sixty friends and family nice. out, which was really cool. Uh, kind of scratched that itch and haven't really felt felt compelled to do that again. But that was another kind of a free thing. Other than those things, I have not been asked to speak anywhere or have not been paid to speak anywhere. And I haven't really been looking or asking for those opportunities. Right. Right. 
So fast forward and just kind of like thinking ahead, how much speaking would you like to be doing? And what do you see speaking looking like for you? Meaning that, would you like to be speaking a lot? Would you like to be traveling a lot? Or is it like, hey, even though I, you know, I, my daughter just graduated and she's headed off, still have a son at home, still you know, want to be home as much as possible. Like what, what would you, in an ideal world, uh, what would you like to be doing in terms of speaking? I think maybe traveling to speak every week that sounds a little too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe most speakers would say that. I don't know. But I think like three to four gigs a month, maybe have a week where there's, you know, two packed in there or something. I think I would be open to that. And now if I'm putting a lot of time into it and there's no financial return, I think at some point that would start to be like, okay, why am I doing this? Sure. But I think three to four gigs a month would be maybe a sweet spot. Now you're located in... Is it the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, or just Pennsylvania? <laughs> I'm in the middle of intercourse, Pennsylvania. Which is just a horrible name for a town, <laughs> as a total yeah, side note. Very strange name. Intercourse used to mean dialogue and conversing with people. Okay, or at least that's, that's what fair. the signs in town say. Yeah, I'm in the middle of Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. So that is about an hour west of Philly, two hours from New York City, two hours from Baltimore. Okay. And so are you wanting to stay fairly regional or are you just like, hey, wherever the opportunity and wind takes me, I'm, I'm game for? I'm open to travel. Yeah. I don't, okay. I don't despise air travel and, you know, okay. no, I'd be open to travel. Cool. And so part of the point of just kind of like talking some of this stuff through at the beginning here is because it is, the reality is like, there's not a one size fits all for speakers, meaning that there are are speakers who would go through any of our programs or who just be successful, who they do, they want to do five or 10 things a year and that's it. And they want to do those fairly locally. Maybe they have younger kids. And then there's some who say, I, maybe I'm a, a single guy or gal and I want to do 200 dates a year and I'm all in on this and everything in between. And it's not that one is better or worse than the other. Uh, it's just kind of figuring out what does success look like for you and what is it that you're, you're trying to accomplish. It's kind of like, you know, you and I are both big golf fans. And so we, you know, we message each other regularly about golf and, and playing golf. And someone's goals for golf can be dramatically different than someone else's. You know, someone's like, I want to be a scratch golfer, which means like you are pretty much shooting par every time. And someone else is like, man, my goal is to break 100. And if I can break 100, then that's a win. And they're both can be successful in what their goals are. So the same thing is true for, for speaking is figuring out for you, like, what is the target here? What is, what is it that we, we are shooting towards? Now, the other component within that in terms of where you're speaking, how much you're speaking, but also just the financial piece is that you kind of touched on like this, like this isn't a nonprofit. You're doing this to make a living. We like to say that you like to eat and live indoors. Those things are important to you. Therefore, like there needs to be some type of monetary benefit for you in order to do this. And so ideally, if you're doing, let's say, let's say 30 or 40 gigs a year, like how much would you like to be making from speaking? Yeah, this is another example of being put on the spot because I do not have a prepared answer for this. Because we didn't discuss any of this stuff. Right. I don't want to set you up for this crap. This, this is, needs is to be raw and real and authentic. All this is staying in, by the way. This is good. You know, my business, since I've been a freelancer the last seven years, I have pretty minimal expenses. And I would say some of the lean years, I've only brought in like 30, 35,000. And then some of the better years, it's been up close to 100,000, but not quite there. So I think if I could land in the middle of that, if I could, I understand that a speaking business is something that probably has to grow or like anything else. And so I feel it feels a little bold of me to come out and say, 
you know what, 12 months from now, I'd like to say that I made $50,000 in speaking. That seems a little bold to say, but maybe it's not. I don't know. I will say I, I tend to be less of a visionary, big dreamer person and more of a, eh, let's keep it reasonable. And when it comes to setting a speaking fee or something like that, I can guarantee I'm the person that would probably undercut themselves and would be ashamed to put out the big number versus the person who's going to boldly say the big number. So I guess 50K would be the number that comes to me like, wow, if I could make $50,000 in a year speaking, that seems like an amazing start or an amazing middle of the road. Perfect. Love it. Okay. So part of the point then is also to get a gauge here of what is like what's possible and what's realistic. Meaning that, you know, there's, there's some speakers that we talk to that are like, Hey, I'd really like to be at, I'd like to be making a million dollars a year within it, within uh, two weeks at the most. And so I'd like to do three gigs uh, within those two weeks. And you're like, okay, let's just kind of run the numbers on that and right. see what needs to happen to see if that's even feasible or possible. But if you're saying like, hey, the, the long-term goal is I'd love to be making, uh, I'd love to be making $50,000 a year from speaking. And I'd love to do around, let's say 30 or 40 gigs a year. Well, that works out to around, you know, between a thousand and two thousand dollars a gig, right? Which is completely realistic. Now that's also not saying like, Hey, this is where I want to be forever and ever and ever. Like you should probably want to and continue to increase your fees. But just as a starting point, man, if I was making a thousand to $2,000 a gig and I was doing 20, 30, 40 gigs a year, like man, that would be really, really cool. Right. You're smiling. People can't see the smile, but like, we're talking that through and saying that out loud, how's that resonating? Yeah. Because I'm thinking that I guarantee people listening to this right now are having a lot of them are having the same thought I'm having, which is like, man, a thousand dollars for a gig. Like who's going to pay me a thousand dollars to, to share. Now, again, I, I have got a thousand dollar check before, but that was for multiple sessions, but even still, it just feels like, I don't know. It's intimidating to me. So let's talk about that for a second, because it's one thing to, you know, for us to kind of talk through, but one of the things that, that you may have heard us talk about is like, if you don't think it's even possible, then like you're not going to do it and you're not going to take any action on this stuff. So like one of the analogies or ways to think about this would be like when you first started doing freelance writing today, you know, you would charge a premium to write copy for someone. But there was a time when you first started where you're like, it is absurd to think about that anyone would pay me a dime to write. And now you wouldn't get out of bed to write for a certain number. Would that be fair? Yeah. And in fact, I'm going to be talking to you as soon as we get off this about increasing. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's, that's definitely accurate. If you had showed me some of my, some of the profit that I've made in future years of my business, you know, two, three, four years in a guy who just started would have been like, wow, really? I I, I didn't think I could ever get there. So yeah, that's, that's accurate. One of the goals here is to not think about the destination. So if the destination for you is the, the getting to, 30, 40, 50 gigs at one to $2,000 a pop is not thinking about that quite yet, but just having the big picture of like, okay, here's a, a broad idea of where we're trying to go. But to think through, how do we get one gig for $1,000, right? Part of what we're trying to do is also just build confidence that you can do this, right? We want to help you get clarity of like, okay, I know where I'm, I'm, know where I'm going. I have the confidence that I can actually do this. And having the, the plan of like, this is how to actually make this happen. So again, let's go back to like the golfing analogy, for example. 
if someone came to you, you're, you're a pretty solid golfer. You play a lot. You're good. You know what you're doing. So if someone came to you and said, I've never played before and I want to be on the tour within three weeks, you're just like, that's just not realistic. But let's talk about getting you to play your first 18 ever, you know, and just to go out and play. And again, this is not different than any other area of life. You know, if someone's going to, I remember the first time I ran a marathon and was, someone was asking like what a time goal is. And I read, I read and I talked to several people who said, your first one, you do not need a time goal. Your goal is to finish. It's pass <laughs> or fail. You're just trying to just get to the finish line. And so it's, unrealistic, it's unfair and unrealistic to ourselves to set these expectations that I'm going to accomplish this massive thing, which seems completely unrealistic and unattainable. I'm going to accomplish that out of the gate overnight. It's not going to happen, right? In the same way that like getting to 30, 40, 50 gigs a year at a couple thousand dollars, it is completely realistic, but it's also going to take a couple of years to get there. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, let's not worry about that. Let's talk about like, again, how do we get this first gig? Because it's also a momentum piece. Because if we can get that first gig, it's like pushing that first domino where you'll start to feel like, okay, I can actually do this. And so one of the things that we did discuss ahead of time was we've got two primary goals for this. One is to get you that first paid gig, right? And first being like, first paid gig within several years of just getting getting back on the horse, right? So that's one goal that we have for this project. And the second goal was for, was for you to have a system that you feel confident that you can repeat and be able to consistently get gigs, right? Um, because that's the other part is a lot of speakers who are getting started, who've done a few gigs, they got those gigs because they're things that just fell in their lap, right? Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine asked me to host something for him. And so I did it, right? Or someone else uh, someone else needed something from me. Uh, the, the pastor asked me to do announcements. And so I, I did it. And it's like, that's great when those things happen, but you can't build a business based on, I'm going to sit back and wait for the phone to ring and hope someone magically finds me, you know? Right. So there's that part of it as well, of you being diligent to, to go out and, and make sure that people know this is who I am and this is what I do and this is what I offer and this is how I can help. So within that, what we're going to do is we're going to walk through the speak framework that we teach that you're familiar with, but still skeptical that it actually works. So the first part, the, or just to kind of recap, the, the S is for selecting a problem to solve. And so here's where we'll spend a, a good chunk of time of getting clear on who you speak to, what you speak about, what's the problem that you solve for them. Now, within that, we're going to talk through a bunch of scenarios. And this is where you've got hung up of just like, but I could speak to this group or I could speak to that group or I could talk about this, but what about that? And you've already been playing all that through. Would that be fair? Oh yeah. I'm already right now. I am bracing for the <laughs> fact that 10 minutes from now, you're going to be so frustrated with me and so annoyed and disappointed that you even took this call because I, <laughs> that's how it always works out for me. So that's fair. Okay. That's fine. I'm ready for that. So selecting a problem to solve the P is then preparing your talk, uh, which we won't spend a ton of time on, but basically like, okay, I know what the problem is that I'm going to solve. Now I got I to gotta put together the framework and the talk of how I'm going to go about solving that. The E is for establishing your expertise, which is primarily website demo video. Two things. Again, I have no clue. Do you have a, like any type of, I assume you don't have a speaking site. Do you have any type of site? Yes, I do have a site, brianalane.com. It's, it was my blog. It's okay. been my blog for over 15 years. These days, there's a resume on there and some of my podcast episodes get pushed Okay. on there, but it is, uh, it's definitely not uh, up to date like it should be. Okay. So you own a piece of land, but we need to tear it down and rebuild it. That's fair. 
Yes, that is fair. Okay. And then the second part is the demo video. I'm assuming you don't have a demo video, but, uh, but do you have any speaking footage of you that's semi-recent? There is stand-up footage of my comedy show from okay. five years ago. We might be able to use clips of that. Any given month, I could go on our church Vimeo and pull off some stuff of me, you know, usually giving the offering. So while my offering talks are very relevant and sometimes humor filled, I don't know how much actual good footage we could yep. get from that. Cool. Other than that, probably not. There's probably not anything else. Okay. That's fair. That's fine. Okay. So select a problem to solve, prepare your talk, establish your expertise, website, demo video, and then A, the acquire paid speaking gigs, which is where we'll start the process of a variety of different things there. Uh, and then the K of knowing when to scale. So again, that's one that we won't get into uh, a ton with this as well. The goal at this point, again, just get you that first paid speaking gig with the goal of it being $1,000. And then just putting that system into place that you can, you can continue to, to repeat. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to I want to give you some things to begin to think about, and we're going to start the conversation. We're going to have a part two. This is going to be a several part series. One of the things Brian and I talked about ahead of time is we don't know how long this series is going to be, right? Yeah. We want it to be as long as it needs to be and want it to continue to be relevant. So part of the goal today is to kind of set the stage of what's to come. But let's talk through, just kind of start the ball rolling this first, the, the S part of selecting a problem to solve. So there's two sides of the equation of who you speak to and what's the problem that you solve for them. So is there one of those that you feel semi more comfortable or confident with than the other? Like, I feel I'm kind of intrigued in speaking to this group or that group, but I have no idea what I talk to them about. Or I really want to talk about this topic, but I have no idea who I'd speak to. Is there any part that feels semi clear there? There's not. There's okay. really not. I, I, feel, I feel like maybe the, I was going to say, I feel like the problem to solve feels even more vague and even less promising than the who. Okay. But I don't even know if that's true because I feel like some days I'm like, okay, I could think I could speak to these two or three groups. But then next day I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Maybe I could think about the problem aspect of it. So yeah, no, I, 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 I can't tell you that there's a specific place to start. Okay, that's fine. That's perfect. So <laughs> within that then there are... One of the things that I'm going to ask you to do is to ultimately, at some point, make a decision because you're never going to feel 100% confident and you're never going to feel like, okay, this is it. Like there's some students that we work with that like, I know exactly who I want to speak to and I know exactly what problem I want to solve. And sure, that's nice and that's simple, but that's not the case for most speakers. Most speakers are like, I got a whole bunch of options and I'm just not sure which one is best. And so I, I would say this is one, I'm going to ask you to make a decision at some point. Okay. And the second part is you're never going to feel 100% confident. What's going to happen is you're going to make a decision and then the next morning you're going to second guess that whole decision, <laughs> which is fine, which is okay. totally normal and totally natural. And three weeks later, we're going to talk to you and be like, man, I'm still not totally sure. Okay. So just know you're never going to feel a hundred percent confident that this is it. This is the thing that it's going to be forever and ever. The other part that I would stress to you and for anybody, listen, that it's not permanent. You're not making a permanent decision. You're, we're picking a starting point right now because again, it's really easy to overanalyze and overthink this. You have no idea what the next several years of your business, of what the market, of what you personally are interested in and how it evolves and changes. So you may, we may land on a, a topic and an audience and then all of a sudden you get some other opportunities that are kind of outside that wheelhouse and it gives you a chance to kind of pivot and start to move that direction. 
that's awesome. That's great. Let's go down that rabbit hole then and see where that leads. And so there are, you know, and you, I think you've seen that with speaker friends. You know, you had mentioned, you mentioned a mutual friend like a, a John Acuff. And John started speaking in one type of market and one type of audience. And that's kind of evolved and changed to what it is to today. Mm-hmm. And so we're not asking like, hey, this, what you're doing is going to be a tattoo. It's not. It's not permanent and we can make adjustments and we can make it changes. But part of the idea here is it's a lot easier to pivot and change and adjust and make tweaks for something that's in motion. So think of it like riding a bike or even turning the wheels of the car. When the car is in park, it's really hard to turn the wheels. But if you get the car moving even five miles an hour, you can make big, big turns and corrections and course adjustments versus when you're not moving. And so we don't want to overthink it. We want to start making progress and then we can make some adjustments and changes. Is that fair? That is fair. Yeah. And even as I hear you talk about that, I want to go back to your question a minute ago. I do think probably the who might be where I have a little more clarity, though I I hesitate to use that word. I think I could probably give you three or four potential who's uh, more so than I could give you a problem. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up on that. We're going to, here's your homework. Okay. I want you to make a list of five potential audiences. Okay. And I want them to be specific audiences. So if you say, you know, one of my audiences is men. Okay. That's half the world's population. All right. So let's try to get a little bit more specific right there. One of the ways to think about this in terms of who you could speak to is one is going to be, what is your personal and professional experience, meaning that you have a lot of, you mentioned that you have a chemical engineering degree, right? So that's a world Mm -hmm. that you haven't been in for a few years, but it's Mm -hmm. a world that you're familiar with. You know what that lingo is, you know how they operate, you know, at least somewhat some of the, who some of the players are, you know, some of their systems and structures, right? That's something where you have some experience. You've done some speaking in the church world. So you come from a faith-based world where churches is something that you, is another audience that you could speak to. Mm-hmm. Another one might be something related to creatives or artists, you know, that's something that you, you know, you've done some work with some bloggers. And so there's some potential opportunities there. So you've got a couple of things of like, all right, here's some things that I know something about or a world that I come from. So that that's on the who side. On the what side, like here's some topics that I'm passionate about. Here's some topics that I've maybe some little bit of speaking that I've done. Here's a topic that I enjoyed talking about. If I had the opportunity to give a talk to any audience today, what would I speak about? So I want you to think about both sides of the equation of here's some, here's some potential options of who I would speak to, come up with a list of five, and then here's some potential topics. And then we'll figure out what some of the overlap may be. Because the other part of it is the who you speak to, what you speak about, but then... Um, where do those people gather, right? Because if you, if you said, Grant, I am deeply passionate about, about golf and helping people break 100, right? That's great because that is a, there are people like that and that's a real need that people have, a real problem that people struggle with in a recreational sense. Mm-hmm. But where do those people gather? What's the natural environment where someone who's looking to improve their golf score? Is there a conference? Is there an event? I don't know, maybe. And that's part of the process that we'll kind of walk through is the clarifying and then validating of taking like, all right, here's our hypothesis. And now let's do some research to figure out if this is actually a thing in the marketplace. So first step again is figure out, let's come up with five audiences. Okay. Five audiences are like, here's some potential scenarios. And then on the what side, here's five potential topics. Here's some things I'm interested in, some topics I'm I'm passionate about, the, some problems that I feel like that I could solve for potential audiences. And when I think of the audiences, when I think of the who, am I thinking in terms of 
the people who are going to write the checks? Or am I thinking in terms of the people actually sitting there listening to me and and helping them solve problems? Or can I think of both? You can certainly think of both. So I would approach it from a, more of an audience perspective at the moment. Okay. Uh, here's who I am speaking to. And so for example, you mentioned you had a couple that might come to mind. You got one that we can kind of workshop here for a second? Yeah, sure. Like on entrepreneurs, okay. um, which is a pretty vague word, I know, but like yep. I'm seven years into my own entrepreneurial journey. I feel like I've tried a lot of things. And so I think that's a potential audience I could speak. To. Okay. So entrepreneurs would be a, a great one for you. And so there's a lot of subsets and subcategories of entrepreneurs. So it could be like franchise owners or professional services. You know, so if you think about, let's take, let's take realtors, for example, realtors is kind of a subset of entrepreneurs, right? For the mm-hmm. most part. And so, whereas in the same way, franchise owners would be another example or attorneys or I mean, entrepreneurs could be, a, a, you know, just a wide range sure. of different people. So even within that, what are the subsets there that we could be thinking through? So be thinking through what that audience could be. And then on the other side of the, what are the, the problems that you could solve, the topics that you could talk about? And this could look a couple different ways. One could be, here's just a topic I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about golf, right? I'm not mm-hmm. even sure how that aligns or fits with any of the other audiences I came up with, but here's a topic I'm passionate about and interested mm-hmm. in, right? And then the other side of it would be, for some of these specific audiences, here's a topic or two that could be a fit for them, right? Because at this point, we're not trying to, as you're working on this, you're not trying to like censor this. You're, you're not like, oh, that would never work. You're just brainstorming. Let's just get some ideas out and then we can kind of workshop and play with some and figure out what's going to make the most sense. Does okay. make sense? That does make sense. And do you think, okay, yeah, actually, I was going to just ask like, should I censor out things that I have zero passion about? Or, yeah, if you have like zero passion about it, because you what you don't want to do is it's easy from a speaking perspective, and not just from a speaking perspective, but for any type of business perspective to think about where can I make the most money or where are the most opportunities? And that's just a horrible way to approach it, right? There has to be a balance between okay. like, I'm actually care about this and I am actually passionate about this. Um, and there are opportunities that exist. May not be the most opportunities, but there's certainly opportunities that exist versus pursuing something just because you feel like there's money, there's more money there or there's more potential there and you're miserable the whole time. Like we don't want to do that. So if, if all of a sudden it was like, man, I, um, I know that there are massive opportunities in raising cattle and just like cattle market is just huge right now. Well, I know nothing about raising cattle and I'm not passionate about that. So it'd be foolish of me to try to pursue that. And the business would end up being a a colossal flop because it's something that I have zero interest in. So the same for you, if you're not passionate about it and you don't care about it and you're not really interested in it, then don't put it on the list. So again, it doesn't have to be perfect, Okay, but we're not looking for that, that perfect thing at the moment. We're just looking for some ideas that we can, we can start with. All right. Well, I've got some homework here then. How you feel? I feel good. I feel like for the first time in a long time, I have some next steps. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I am still, <laughs> still <laughs> a little bit. I want you to be skeptical. I'm still skeptical. But I mean, I have seen in, in helping you with some of your marketing, I've seen so many success stories. I'm not so skeptical that I think, well, this could never happen for me. Yeah. But, but there is a, a part of me that feels that. So yeah, I'm excited. That's fair. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to schedule uh, another recording here and we're going to keep these recordings coming for people. We'll keep uh, people updated on your progress. We will be committed to 
I'm going to tell you this. Here's what I'm thinking. Like, if you message me like, Hey, I need to clarify this. We're probably going to hop on a call and record. The call. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cause I don't want any of this stuff. I want to be on the record and I want people to be able to track with the journey and the progress. So, so if you're committed to do the work, you're committed to do the homework. We got a whole bunch of people who are listening right now who right. are real eager to see how this plays out. And I want to do nothing to stack the deck in either of our favors. So uh, I want to do everything we can to keep this organic and authentic and at the same time do whatever we can to help you be successful as a speaker. Sound good? I love it. You ready love to get it. after it? Do the work? I am ready to do the work. All right, man. Looking forward to this. This will be fun. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Grant. All right. There you go. So what do you think? This is going to be good, huh? I'm, I'm excited and scared as, as it would appear that Brian is as well. So this is going to be a fun journey and uh, excited for you to be able to hang out with us and, and eavesdrop in on the conversation as, uh, as we go and as, as this unfolds. Now, I will tell you, I did, mess, I did uh, send him a message and saying, hey, I got one other homework assignment. Okay? I asked him to look for five other speakers who are doing something similar to what he would want to do. Okay? And when I mean similar, I don't mean that uh, they're like light years ahead of him. If he said, hey, I want to be a, a motivational speaker, so let's go see what Tony Robbins is up to. That's not what I'm suggesting. Go look for speakers who are a couple years ahead who are speaking to a similar audience, maybe on similar topics that he might want to, uh, he might be interested in. So told him to go look up those, do a little bit of homework there, and then I'll explain a little bit more of the thought process behind that on the, uh, the next time we chat. So uh, come along on this journey. Should be a fun one, all right? Thanks for hanging out with us, my friends. Uh, which, by the way, if you would like to work with us and our team about uh, applying this to your speaking business, then all you need to do is go over to thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply. And uh, there you can be applying to be a part of our elite program. We, our team would love to talk with you and uh, hear more about what you're looking for and how we might be able to help you out. So again, check that out over at thespeakerlab.com slash apply. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us, my friends. And uh, thanks for coming along with this journey. We'll see where this conversation uh, takes us. And uh, it should be, should be fun. All right. We'll talk to you next time. You're awesome.